gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to show the whole world why I was the unscripted, uncensored, loose cannon of commentary. I'm back, baby. Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is the Aaron Meta Show. Say, Patricia, I think the one on the left is enjoying this far too much. <laughs> it's either that or the guy in the background with the guitar. <laughs> this is Broken Peaches, by the way, in their rendition of This is Halloween. And uh, you're listening to The Aaron Meta Show. It is the 28th of October of 2018. We're only a couple of days away from Halloween, so uh, really excited about this holiday. And uh, apologies, we haven't kind of dressed up the, um, the screen in uh, much Halloween garb, really, except for what's going on on the screen at the minute, because uh, we just had no time. It's been a very busy week for both of us, really. So, uh, yeah, very busy week, indeed. Yeah. And it's actually kind of a coincidence, because as of um, tomorrow, it is going to be the 25th anniversary of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, actually, that's another thing as well. And, uh, you know, here's the thing about this. It's like, um, we always still keep going back to The Nightmare Before Christmas, but there's been a lot of other... Uh, um, uh, Tim Burton works since then, and uh, we, yeah, every time we um, we keep going back to thinking about Tim Burton, we always seem to think about the Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, so, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that um, you know, for some people, it's more of a niche uh, kind of taste in terms of his other movies. Uh, if you're talking about like movies that have a horror aesthetic, like Beetlejuice or um maybe uh the one about the headless horseman um but yeah I, I think that for the most part um nightmare before christmas just seems to really gravitate to a lot of people in terms of is it a christmas movie or is it a halloween movie it's uh, a q4 movie <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get around that so uh, anyway talking about our show this week uh, we've got a lot of finally enough we've got more articles and also uh, a reviews on Metacritic more than we have actually got videos so I think hmm. out of everything I think we have like, only like one video Okay, cool. So, uh, by the way, um, there was a video for uh, for Monday Matt, and even though like his, his video goes on for like ten minutes, and so uh, and he goes into a lot of detail about stuff. So, I just found an article kind of just to break everything down of what he's basically talking about. So, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, so um, unfortunately, Monday Matt's not going to be featuring on the show this <laughs> this week. Uh, but anyway, we've got some Adventure Time uh, stuff to talk about, uh, more Aladdin news, uh, Nickelodeon Kart Racers. We're going to talk about it as well. Uh, Resident Evil Four. Surprisingly enough, we're going to be talking about that as well. Uh, Super Mario World uh, Theme Park, uh, we're going to be talking about that. And also some news about Xavier Schwimmer, who, which is uh, come you know, out of, the, uh, out of the blue in the most obscure of ways. So, huh. well, well, okay. Don't be talking about that. So, uh, 
Anyway, let's jump straight into it. So uh, let's have a look at uh, our first thing that we're going to be talking about. And uh, so um, we've basically been hearing about the, uh, you know, first of all, our uh, our thoughts and our sympathies go out with the people who are currently affected by the uh, Tree of Life synagogue shooting in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, any of those asking you about Josh, because uh, he lives in that area, he's fine. Uh, he chimed in on uh, Facebook saying that he's okay. So uh, anyone worried about that, you know, we, he's, he's perfectly fine. So there's nothing... Uh, uh, going on with him, but uh, he's he's perfectly fine in the situation. But unfortunately, uh, right now the uh, the death toll at this uh, shooting stands at 11. Um, Robert Bowers, who is 46, stands accused of uh, carrying out this uh, this horrendous, horrendous um, tragedy uh, in this um, in in this uh, synagogue. Uh, a man suspected of killing 11 people in the U.S. synagogue uh, in the city of uh, Pittsburgh has been charged with murder. Robert Bowers, 46, is accused of opening fire at the Tree of Life synagogue during the Sabbath service, which is believed to be the worst anti-Semitic a- attack in recent history. If the Anti-Defamation League is to uh, is to be believed, uh, but so um, yeah, it's just um, your thoughts on. Uh, what took place uh, just about 24 hours ago. Tragic. It's very tragic indeed. It's just, it just goes to show you about how much of these killings have really affected people. I've even read some articles about how, um, you know, the kids who are living around the area where it, the shooting took place are even afraid to go to school or even to go outside because there's a chance that they might be shot. So... It just really sucks, especially since um, you, you've heard about the recent uh, interview with Donald Trump regarding about how he uh, reacted to this uh, shooting, right? Oh, yeah. He's like saying, like, oh, if, if only there were more guns in, you know, around uh, around the synagogue or like they should have been armed. Like, you know, like, yeah, every time you now have to go uh, to for the Sabbath or if you have a bris or if you have any other, you know, Jewish event, apparently there needs to be some guy there with, a, with a, apparently with an AK-47 or an AR-15 or something like that. That's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Um, Pretty soon, every single place that you go to, whether it be a grocery store, whether it be um, school, even if you're just going to get your taxes done, there's going to be, a, you know, you're going to have to basically walk through to security. You're going to have to check to see if you're carrying anything. And they're probably going to have to let you, you know, strip your pockets, take off your shoes, uh, you know, check your IDs and all that stuff. Maybe check your criminal records to see if you're, you know, just so you could be able to just do daily routines. We've almost gotten to that point now. Yeah, you know, here's the thing about this. Robert Bauer, right? I mean, uh, he's a guy who's been, you know, he's been on the, um, the that, you know, that really racist website, Gab. And uh, he's uh, been posting up anti-Semitic comments, and uh, he also believes that Donald Trump himself was actually controlled by the Jews or something like that. And you know, these are all allegations at this point, by the way. So uh, uh, he stands accused of doing this. He's not been found guilty of anything, or as far as I'm aware, he's not admitted that he's done this uh, at, at this stage. But uh, I mean, like the fact that they found all this uh, this garbage on this website, and uh, you know, wouldn't you think? Do you think somebody who is anti-Semitic and has a hatred of you know? minorities. Uh, do you think, would you class him as someone who's responsible enough to own a weapon? Yes. No, well, I wouldn't. You know, so. I mean, I mean, I would think that, you know, with a person like that, who I've been hearing some, um, you know, things about that, you know, he's had a lot of criminal charges in the past when it came to that. But 
I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Yeah, he's like for me, he would not be responsible enough to own a weapon if he's, uh, you know, but posting these things online. And uh, here's the thing about this as well: like we've got to be really careful about how we, you know, approach all of this because he's been taken into custody. I'm assuming he's uh, going to be charged with this. Uh, he has been charged with murder in regards to this, and uh, also um, in regards to also about the MAGA bomber as well. Uh, the guy who was in the, um, the, you know, he's also in custody as well. And as far as I'm aware, oh, yeah. we don't, we don't yeah, know I actually want to talk about that because when I saw what the truck looked like, I, I could have sworn that when I was living in Florida, I saw that trunk at least once. Because he lived around Plantation, which was like about 20 minutes away from where I used to live. And so I think maybe one time when I was going to work and I was driving by the highway, I think I actually did see that truck. I saw it. I, you know, when I was in Florida, I saw one other truck, and that was like, uh, it had like this like uh, combination of like the American and Confederate flag on it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was coming around South Florida. Yeah, there's some. You, you would see a lot of Confederate flags, especially um, since they are pretty conservative down there. Yeah, anyone flying a Confederate flag, I just have to say this: you lost. Just get over it and get get on with the program, okay? Like you know, it's just it's. Uh, I don't understand the uh, and also about that is it's a battle flag. It's not actually the real Confederate flag of the Confederate States of America. So, if anything, it's um it's it's a it's a it's a stupid icon. If anything, the the Confederate flag. Yeah. So it's like uh, I don't understand why people still fly it. You know, it's like it's uh, it's done. The Civil War is over. You know, yeah. it's just, it's done. They don't want to keep their dignity, Aaron. You have to do. Fuck that dignity. Um. So yeah, this. So this. This is happening. And this is another thing as well. Like, uh, mind you, you can see the media narrative is going to start changing relatively soon, isn't it? And you know, probably for good reason as well, because uh, the amount of uh, how, ma- how many people now have come out of the out of this, uh, you know, this consp- right wing white nationalist conspiracy woodwork. Then now they're also suddenly starting to come out these acts of violence. Like uh, there was, I think there was a guy who, like shot two black people, and mm-hmm. uh, then he yeah. uh, then he like had some kind of like really bizarre defense of like white people don't kill white people or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and then was that, and so you know this is going to be you know I don't I'm not so sure if I want to support this or not. You know the fact that the media narrative will soon start flipping over to like you know oh white people they're all so dangerous because they all carry their guns and uh, they all stuff like that because it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable because uh, you know as someone who's half white himself like uh, I don't believe all white people are going around shooting people and uh, saying nasty things about Jews. You know, it's yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I just think it's... Uh, it really sucks, too, because now there's going to be, like, this stigma that, you know, there, if there's a white person, there's going to be a chance that he might be xenophobic or a, a racist. Yeah, it's like, it's... Uh, and uh, it's like, and I hate this whole. I hate the whole narrative on the left of like how uh, apparently you know minorities themselves can't be racist against white people. Like you know, like uh, they say, oh no, reverse racism doesn't exist. Yeah, it fucking does. Like you know, it's uh, you can't be racist towards a white person. And I th- I'm thinking that you know, as this whole as uh, more news starts coming out of like uh, you know, there's you know white Caucasian males going around you know committing atrocities. I mean, I tell you what, that's that, in a way it started. It's happened with you know that Dylan Roof character who went in and uh, shot up that uh, church full of black people. Like, yeah. you know, it's like that, 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 it just feels a bit uncomfortable with the mainstream media because now it seems to be this is this is going to be the I think this is going to be the next the next narrative they're going to go on to basically sell newspapers and uh, sell airtime to people mm. like you know hey here's all these crazy white people like you know oh, you got to watch out for them 
You know, where one of them might be armed with a gun. This is what you got to do in this situation. It's like, yeah, there's some uncomfortable parallels between that and, uh, you know, what was, what's been going on with Muslims at the moment. And... Uh, I don't know. It's just it's um I don't uh, it, it it just it just feels uncomfortable watching it all really as uh, someone who's half white and uh, someone who's uh, you know who's uh, kind of uh, expressed prejudice because of my half uh, other half of myself which is half Asian. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. And and another thing is that you know they're gonna constantly make this as uh, as an excuse. It's like oh um you know this person was either mentally ill or you know this person you know, was quoting to trying to do the right thing or, you know, maybe this person, you know, was doing it because he was trying to, you know, protect his country from minorities or something. It's just, it's going to be building up with so many stupid excuses that, you know, at this point in time, we're going to become so numb that we're not going to feel a thing, which absolutely sucks. I know, it's just, it's, uh, you know what worries me, like, is the continuation of putting people in boxes and putting putting labels on people. Like, um, I mean, you you know what the latest, uh, I mean, it's not just on the left as well, like, do you know what the latest, uh, you know, uh, right-wing um, uh, um, terminology now is for uh, someone who's like, um, who's, you know, basically on the left and uh, is uh, buying into, uh, you know, particular narrative. Do you know what their latest uh, terminology now is? You know, first we had Snowflake, then we had Cuck, and then we have all these other ones. Do you know what the latest one is? Mm. Uh, NPC. Uh, non-playable character. And because, oh. you, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's... It's, it's it isn't it just I, uh, if if one label doesn't work we've got another label for you like you know we'll just keep mass producing labels until we finally found one for you which is uh, suitable for you like it's just ba- it's just batshit lazy politics really like uh, it's just it's uh, it's uh, yeah I wonder why I cover politics on this show anymore like uh, talking to these pe- you know talking to these people on YouTube and talking to these people on uh, on Twitter like you know you're never going to convince them of anything like they're all like full of they're all st- you know they're all basically taking anabolic steroids on their on their politics and uh, you know pretending like they're so macho and everything you know it's uh, it's it's sort of bullshit at the moment you know trying to have a, yeah, you know, a debate with somebody you know online. you know like the the old saying about like. Um, you know, that you can't change people, you know, even if it's right, because they're going to be so clinging to, you know, what they believe in and what they were raised in. I know. It's just, it's just, it's really sad. It really is because then they'll never be open-minded to that. Hey, you know, people actually do have feelings and they're, even though they look different they are somewhat the same it's it's like no they're not they're never going to believe that and no matter what you say no matter how much you try to tell them there's going to be a ton of people who are just going to stick to their ways and nothing else yeah it's sad man it really is and uh, you know our thoughts and uh, you know prayers go out to um and i know we're sick of saying thoughts and prayers at the moment you know we'd rather be something actually actually done about it Rather than you know, here we go again with another you know shooting in a, in, a, in a building somewhere when it uh, you know potentially could have been preventable. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why people need assault, why people need military grade assault weapons. You know, like, they uh, don't. They really don't. No, they we don't. don't need to get into the point in which you know you're going to have the same security as when you go on an airplane just to go grocery shopping because yeah. you're afraid that while you're in aisle seven picking up, you know, food for your family, you're going to get gunned down because you're a different skin color. Yeah. And you're not allowed to have, it's going to get to the point where, you know, they started like doing those transparent bags for like, so you're not allowed to like have anything like, um, in, it's like, just, uh, no, I don't think it was at Sandy Hook. I think it was, I think it was, was it Parkland? I think it was that now they have to have like a clear, clear plastic bags and you're not allowed to, uh, basically you have no privacy. 
yeah. visually. Yeah, it's just it's. Uh, it's, it's you it's know, what? we're almost up to the point in which we're gonna, you know, do the same security as the Chinese, where every single corner is being filmed, and you're ranked at a certain number, and if you're below that rank, then you're gonna be taken into the authorities. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're gonna be, um, I say, you're always surprised they do lots of strip searching people, like you know, like and they, they kind of do that now with airports. You know, they have the whole. Uh, you know the the project. They have like the whole uh, ser- you know things that uh, you know search you know display like what's underneath your clothes and everything. Like mm-hmm. you know it's, it's going to get super intrusive so, soon. It's going to be awful. Uh, yeah, but there's some yeah. yeah what what uh, what a week it's been. You yeah. know why not? Can we have some common sense gun laws instead? You know, of what, course what, what? not. I mean, no, our I... our government is just so closely gripped with the NRA that we're we're probably not going to. No, which is why when November comes. Vote. Vote. Yeah, I, we want everyone to go out and vote. I've been actually going on Twitter and uh, retweeting everyone. I've been retweeting much for all our lives because they've actually been like working really hard trying to get you know young people out to vote. And you know, it annoys me when I when I watch uh, you know a social media video of like some guy saying like, "Well, I don't really understand the issues," and it's like, "Well, you better fucking understand the issues because those issues are going to affect you for the next damn twenty, thirty years, or for the whole li- whole life for that matter." Like, you know, it's like, it just infuriates me. It's like, oh, well, you know, I've, uh, I'm too busy, you know, posting selfies on Snapchat to actually think about, you know, going out to to uh, vote on something really important that's going to affect my life for the next, uh, you know, uh, whether it affects my taxes or whether it affects how, if I'm going to get shot up in a, in, a, in a school incident or something like that. It's like, come on, guys. Fucking hell. Anyway, shall we move on to uh, something else? Sure. Um, it's not going to be any more pleasant, unfortunately. So, um, Roman Reigns, um, I mean, again, and Patricia doesn't understand wrestling, and uh, unfortunately nope. we don't have, um, we don't have um, uh, Nick here because he's uh, currently doing something else, but uh, um, we had some really sad news that came across on Monday Night Raw on uh, Monday, and uh, I put this in news because I think it's, uh, you know, this isn't just something that affects the wrestling community, I think it affects all of us, and that is that uh, Roman Reigns had to relinquish the WWE Universal Championship because he was recently uh, re-diagnosed with leukemia, which he's been suffering from for the last uh, couple of years in his, in his uh, in the majority of his life. And unfortunately, now it's uh, come back, and so he's having to fight the disease once again. So, oh, that's very sad. So, um, there's uh, much to unpack when it comes to uh, Roman Reigns and his fight against leukemia. In the past several days, uh, more and more news of Roman Reigns has come out. Uh, in a new interview, Triple H is uh, is given some more information about what he, who he, about about who knew about what Roman Reigns struggles with leukemia was. So he appeared on the uh, Elvis Duran show. Uh, Triple H gave his first comments of Roman Reigns' battle with leukemia. Uh, Triple H tries tries to explain uh, he wanted to keep quiet about his illness as much as he possibly could. So this is his quote from uh, from the show. This is something that very few people know about, as he is he and I have spoken about this. Uh, this is something he did not want to uh, put out there until he had reached uh, a certain point in his career, because he didn't want people to feel pity to, towards him or given or given things for a certain reason. Uh, we wanted to be able to come out in, at, at at the end and be like, "Look, I dealt with this whole thing. You can do anything. Uh, this is not the end sentence, you know." So. Basically, he wanted to keep this. Uh, he wanted to keep this quiet, but obviously, he can't keep it quiet no more, and he had to come out and talk about it. And uh, apparently, according to uh, people backstage, no, barely anybody knew about it until he went to the ring and actually announced it. So it wasn't even. Uh, it wasn't a scripted. It wasn't even. Yeah, you know, WWE is scripted, but even to the point that wasn't scripted. Like he just had to come out and just to admit to every, literally everybody, and even even mentioned himself by by his real name as well. His name's uh, Joe. Not uh, Roman Reigns. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, it's not, too, it's not too surprising that um, he had to hide it because I, I've heard news, especially with Mark Summers, when he had to go through um, cancer and he had to get through multiple treatments, that um, if you're a celebrity and if you reveal that you're sick, they're not going to want anything to do with you. Mm. So, you know, they're just going to go off into the next person and they're just going to leave you to die. So he basically just kept it secret for a long time and had to go through, you know, chemotherapy for a long time until he eventually got the cancer remissed. But, um, but yeah, I guess for Roman Reigns, you know, because, you know, he's a huge, um, you know, star in terms of wrestling, maybe he had to hide it so that, you know, he can keep, you know, going into the uh, wrestling ring, even though that, you know, he's been sick for a long time. Yeah, hey, this is really sad. Uh, to, it's, it's ended like this. Oh, my God. And you should have seen the crowd. They, they're all reduced to tears. And like, really? Uh, yeah, they wow. were. And like, uh, and there was, uh, yeah, I tell you what, Roman Reigns in WWE has been really struggling to get over as a top superstar. You know, there's uh, people who still reminisce about Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. And uh, Roman Reigns was supposed to be the next big star after those two, after those two guys, you know, after John Cena as well. But he's just, he's just struggled really. And I, I don't particularly blame uh, Roman Reigns for for that because uh, you know um, it was the end of the day it was WWE who put him in these uh, you know these storylines and uh, but you know oddly booked him in regards to winning the the title when the the you know the uh, the WWE audience didn't want him to win it and uh, they'd rather have somebody else like him you know this, maybe this is going to be the opportunity for Seth Rollins to finally uh, you know get up there and uh, be the guy and uh, he has been the guy before it uh, was a bit of a quiet run but uh, not as he couldn't. Um, have another go again, but, uh, you know, and then uh, it's, uh, here's the thing about this, Um, a lot of the fans have not really kind of handpicked Roman Reigns to be the champion, if you will, he's uh, been booed quite significantly by a lot of the uh, male audience, and uh, he's had some, like, you know, screams from, like, girls and things like that, because obviously he's very, very good looking, but uh, the the fact, I think the, the vast, I think the hardcore WWE fans would not, would be accepting of Roman Reigns um, as being a guy on the show, but not necessarily as the WWE Universal Champion, or in the main event step picture, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, um, unfortunately, him you know, saying that he's got leukemia and he's having to go away to fight it, I think that's, uh, you know, no one's going to boo him for that. Like uh, everyone's going to, everyone's going to sympathise with him because uh, likelihood is, uh, you know, you know, one in three of us is going to get cancer. So likelihood is that crowd that night, you know, at least knew one person who's been suffering from cancer. So yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. So um, it's um, so I'm really glad the the fans reacted the way that they did, and uh, because um, you know, I think booing him out of the, you know, we we I get that Roman Reigns hasn't been. The WWE superstar that everyone wanted him to be, and uh, but uh, you know, come on, he's a human being, and uh, he's uh, you know he's he's got this disease now, and everyone wants him to pull through. Sure. And, uh, and so, you know, we all hope he's going to probably. Mind you, they're uh, they're estimating right now, and uh, this is just all in talks. This is probably going to be out for two or three years from most of it. So mm-hmm. you know, he's going he's going to be there out for a while, and uh, you know, if uh, if he's dev- if he fights this, and uh, you know, he continues to. Uh, you know, if he does get over leukemia, you know, imagine that. I really hope that uh, I'm going to be sitting at home uh, watching TV, and then his music hits, and everyone's just going to go nuts for him to come back. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, uh, that would be quite an event. It will be, yeah. And uh, you know, he was, he's, uh, yeah. I don't know. It makes me wonder if um, you know WWE has been really huge on you know wanting to cure cancer and things like that. They've been, they've been uh, tagging up with uh, Susan G. Komen for uh, you know breast cancer and. Uh, 
you know, it's. Uh, I wonder if um, you know the fact that some people backstage knew that Roman Reigns himself was having le- was having problems with leukemia. It makes me wonder if that was a an influence in a way for a WWE to uh, you know uh, do. Because you know, when you have someone, when you have someone in uh, in real life who comes up to you and says, "Look, I'm in suffering with this," the likelihood is is that uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna get involved yourself and uh, want to do something about it. And so, um, and the fact that uh, Roman Reigns has been so popular backstage, I can probably imagine a lot of wrestlers were probably uh, advocating for um, you know wanting to campaign for cancer, and uh, you know, including you know people like Tyler O'Neill, who's been doing uh, the whole Susan G. Komen uh, uh, breast cancer awareness, and uh, you know Connor's cure as well. Uh, for kids who are living with um, with, with uh, you know ter- terrible diseases and things like that, so you, you know it's like when you have someone, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of sympathise with someone who's so far away from you know, from from the situation. But then when he comes up close to you and it's someone who's very significant in your life, you know, your whole your whole um, f- you know your whole vision of it changes. And all of a sudden, you know, you feel motivated to do it. I mean, unfortunately, it's. Uh, I wish it was. Not, that wasn't the case. I wish there was, uh, you know, someone who's like who. You know, a lot of people would hear about someone who which has happened to somebody, which is really tragic, and they'd all want to, you know, jump up and do something about it. But unfortunately, this is kind of the way society is. Really, like uh, they don't really, you know, they don't really jump into uh, to action until they hear one of their own has been has been not has been you know knocked down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And uh, so, yeah, one thing I wanted to notice uh, that after he made that announcement, he walked away from the ring. All the all the fans started chanting, "Cancer sucks." Actually, well, yeah. it does. It I does. Mean, yeah, of course it does. Yeah, but the biggest bad guy right now in the WWE is probably Cancer. Like <laughs> uh, you know, like uh, they'll. Uh, I don't care what Drew McIntyre does. I don't really don't care if they turn Big Show hey heel again for like the uh, one billionth time. Like I don't think I don't think any wrestler in the WWE can be as as as, as destructive and as uh, awful as Cancer. I think uh, I think Cancer is probably going to be the top heel of WWE for a, for a significantly long time until they find a cure. No, of, of course, exactly. Yeah, until they find a cure. Yeah. So, um, so there was a video that we were going to play about um about the EU's Article 14, and uh, we want to bring this up because uh, I think it's something quite, you know, um, you know, very big in this, and that is that uh, YouTube CEO Susan, uh, uh, I can't pronounce her last name, so save her life, but, you know, CEO Susan warns uh, users about EU meme ban. Um, YouTube is sounding alarm on the highest level over new controversial copyright legislation in the EU. In a new blog post updating YouTube creators on the company's priorities and a reminder of uh, the of the year. CEO Susan Susan, I'm gonna have a go trying to pronounce this. What kickish? No, I can't. I can't. I can't <laughs> pronounce it. Sorry. Um, yeah. So uh, Susan focuses on the Article 13 of the European Union Directive on Copyright of the Digital Single Market. While there are a number of problematic parts of the new legislation, such as Article 11, which the EWF de- described as akin to a link tax, requiring internet platforms to obtain a, lic- a license before linking to news stories, uh, YouTube is putting the spotlight on Article 13, which has been widely referred to as a as a meme ban. Article 13 w- uh, w- of this uh, new EU copyright law update, also known as the EU copyright directive places copyright liabilities on sites with user-generated content basically requiring them to scan uploads of copyrighted for copyrighted content it's been compared to youtube's own content id system for copyrighted material but even youtube believes that it extends further than that uh, memes parodies educational videos or any sort of remixes all kinds of content that makes up the youtube community will be currently uh, would currently pass as fair use would be in danger uh, this would be sprawling effects uh, on the internet as a whole so 
basically, it's like this is like the YouTube's content ID on steroids. Basically, what the EU wants to do. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Like we haven't been going through that enough as it is. Like you can't even upload anything. You can. I, I, it's funny because a friend of mine was doing. Um, you know, a review of a movie, and he even he didn't even show clips. He just showed the poster, and the company still sued him for including that, even though he didn't release any video clips, no audio, just the poster. And even the poster was enough to give him a copyright claim. I just think, you know, well, here's the thing about this. Um, by the way, we're still getting um, copyright claims for for our um, for our episodes we have on the YouTube channel, and uh, so and recently one of us one of them got took down the um, the um, and the last episode of 2017, that episode, that got taken down by uh, uh, by YouTube for a copyright claim. And so, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you, know, you know, something, I'm not even going to bother anymore. Like, um, if, uh, if, a, if a YouTube, if one of the episodes uh, falls off the YouTube channel, go listen to it on the podcast feed, because it's still going to be up there. So, um, you know, as far yeah, as I'm it's concerned, gotten yeah. to the point in which, like, I can't even upload my podcast anymore, because if I were to use, like, maybe just a few seconds of a song... I'm gonna get copyright claims. There was like half of my podcasts. I would say I don't make a dime out of because they're they're copyright claimed. You know something like uh, we're not even. I th- I just think we're just gonna, we're just not gonna be on YouTube anymore. I think we're gonna be on other websites, and uh, you know which is good for them because you know they're gonna get bigger because they're gonna get all of all all our views. And uh, that's going to be where all our stuff is, you know. YouTube, I think sometimes I think is a, I think takes their takes their users for granted a bit too much. I think I think uh, soon when um, you know the um, you know there'll always be you know um, Vivo and there'll always be those those big uh, companies that produce all this content for them, but uh, which you know people will just stare at and that. But you know people who really care about some of their favorite YouTubers and stuff like that, and if they end up falling off the website and they end up going elsewhere, where do you think all their where do you think all their views are going to go? They're not going to stay on YouTube. They're going to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, I think uh, so. I think other websites are going to are probably going to benefit out of uh, YouTube's uh, copyright ID system because you know YouTube won't benefit from it because they'll just be go- you know all those people who you know really love producing their work will just be gone and other people will just go elsewhere. So um, and uh, that's the thing with uh, with uh, that's the thing with uh, Vega as well. Like she's not going to get her, she's not going to put another YouTube uh, channel up. She's just uh, going off and done her own thing on another yeah, website. Yeah, there you so go. yeah. So uh, and that yeah that's what YouTube runs the risk of doing. They just think it's going to go somewhere else, and uh, now their um, their content ID system is basically caught up with them. And now the EU wants to uh, basically make make them scan everything for uh, for copyright content every time they they upload a video to YouTube. It could potentially cripple YouTube, you know, pretty much. And so yeah, I'm hoping that we find at least one video streaming site that can be able to. Um, be like what YouTube was in terms of creating content that was fair, Mm -hmm. but at the same time was able to become very viral. I mean, there have been attempts of it, but they all just pretty much just went either nowhere or were around for a little bit, but then just got shut down because YouTube was just becoming so powerful. I know. And, you know, in regards to... um you know, or you know, putting just putting an exclamation mark on this. It's like, uh, um, you know, if the, if the EU is uh, really insistent of make, doing these really unpopular things. They're going to find themselves very unpopular in Europe already. Like, you know, there's already um, move, political movements already to uh, you know disassociate themselves with the European Union. In fact, it's already happened here with Brexit. Like, uh, and uh, if Brexit goes the way that we think it's going to go, 
you know, pretty much. Uh, you know, maybe the the good side of all this is that so we're not going to get affected by this here in Britain. You know, we could uh, we won't even be affected by having some of the EU's GDPR stuff either anymore. So I think uh, that'll probably go by the wayside too. But uh, mm-hmm. mind you, like um, I just want to say to everybody right now, like uh, if uh, this EU um, legislation goes through in regards to uh, the Arrow Meta Show itself, like maybe the YouTube channel will probably get affected by it. But in regards to uh, our uh, our podcast feed, we're basically hosted in the United States of America. So. Uh, as far as we're concerned in regards to that, that's not going to get affected at all because all our stuff's covered, covered under uh, fair use and covered under the First Amendment of the uh, U.S. Constitution. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, do you know what? It's, um, I can just see it on the wall pretty much. I think you know Britain, in regards to Brexit right now, I think it's just going to stop being a uh, member of the EU and just become the 51st state of the United States of America. Yeah. <laughs> We'll definitely have its um, some slight ups and massive downs. I think at the same time. So, yeah, how uh, ironic! Uh, we, we, you know, we went from in the 1700s where we were fighting our independence against the UK, and now maybe eventually the UK will become part of America itself. Hey We've guys, gotten to that point already. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, yeah, uh, sorry about burning down your White House. You know, all those centuries ago, like you know. Uh, <laughs> Can we come back, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry for, you know, raising the taxes of your tea. We have some to compensate. We're Would better you like than... some? Can we rule over you again? We're better than Trump. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, um, let's move away from that. Uh, adventure time. So, um, did you hear about uh, Season 11? Uh, no, no, I did not. Okay, so um, the end of the popular cartoon series Adventure Time was a crushing blow for the show's most hardcore fan bases, but uh, the other fans of and other fans of cancelled TV shows, uh, Adventure Bronies are getting uh, the chance to see their favorite program revived as a comic book. Uh, the comic book continuation of Adventure Time uh, from the explosive pu- publisher Boom Studios is uh, so successful it seems that the first issue of uh, Adventure Time season eleven is sold out at distributor level. And we'll go back for a second printing uh, with a with a brand new cover as well. So uh, yeah, there is. So there are some people who are thinking that probably Cards and Network cancelling Adventure Time at season ten was probably a bit of a mistake. Hmm. Well, I mean, considering that um, Cartoon Network has pretty much just screwed over. Um, Adventure Time in terms of not promoting it enough or maybe just making the announcements in a inconvenient way that many people didn't see that, hey, you know, there's going to be a new adventure, uh, new episode of Adventure Time. So uh, this this definitely, um, you know, and, and fans, you know, when they saw the, the final episode, they were like devastated. They, they felt like it ended too soon and they wanted more. Yeah. So... I don't, um, I don't know. Uh, here's my thing about this. Like, uh, we've had ten seasons of Adventure Time. Like, how many episodes is that? Probably like a good, a good. You know, it's probably better, better, It's probably good to say there's a, probably over a hundred episodes of over there. And so, yeah. It's, uh, it's um. Here's the thing about this. Have you recently heard about what's happening with The Simpsons? Oh, yeah, yeah, that they're going to remove Apu from the lineup. Which isn't really much. It's kind of re- rearranging the deck chairs on the chi- Titanic, really, it's like, uh, in regards to that move. Like, uh, The Simpsons is... Uh, we're in zombie Simpsons right now. The Simpsons is pretty much done. The system, Simpsons right now, to me, is probably dead at this point. And it's just marauding around until, you know... It's it's half dead. It's probably just marauding around until, you know, someone takes old Yellow behind the, behind the shed and shoots it in the head. 
Like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, so, I mean, in regards to Apu being removed from The Simpsons, I guess we can just say, well, at least, you know, any further Simpsons episodes where they kind of destroy the characters even more, at least Apu wasn't part of that. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, here's the thing about this as well. Like, imagine if they did that with Adventure Time, where they're saying, well, I mean, we don't really like this particular character because he represents this particular thing that was okay ten years ago, but not okay now, so we're going to remove him because we don't want to offend people anymore. Like, uh, I don't know, it'd be kind of sad if Adventure Time turned into that. Like, yeah, yeah, true. Especially since they have a whole cast of diverse characters. Mm-hmm. So I just think, um, yeah, I think maybe, I don't know, as long as there's part of me that believes maybe Adventure Time maybe for the fans ended too soon, but then there's also part of me that believes that uh, Adventure Time probably didn't want to go any further into, uh, you know, this uh, this century of, uh, you know, political correctness and, uh, you know, all this other, you know, all the, you know, these sensitive TV, you know, research centers and stuff like that who, uh, you know, want to ruin all our entertainment. I think at least uh, Adventure Time, if it stays the way it is, isn't going to get ruined by that type of thing. Uh, I don't know. So I have mixed feelings. I, I mean, I even read somewhere that, you know, hey, if you got rid of Apu because of this, then you should get rid of these characters like Fat Tony or you should get rid of Willie the Groundskeeper and, um, you know, Krusty the Clown or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. This is the thing. It's like, actually, on top of that as well, people were making the argument that probably if you're going to uh, make fun of, like, uh, you know, of stereotypes, you know, maybe you should even, de- you should probably ban Homer Simpson from the show. Because well, he's he like he's the of uh, the he's the uh, reflection of uh, of the you know the angry uh, you know white American, pretty much you know the the consistently drunk un- un- unreliable you know uh, you know uh, her- you know this horrendous character that is supposed to be you know the uh, the everyman of uh, of America. Yeah, but you know, I'm sure for uh, you know a lot of people in in this day and age, they probably see him as a role model. It's like you know the one character that is supposed to be like a typical character that does have some likable moments, but is written in a way that's supposed to be unlikable. Yeah, I even read like an article once about how you know characters such as Eric Cartman and um, you know Dan from Dan Versus or um, Rick from Rick and Morty they're supposed to be like these despicable characters but a lot of people see them as role models and take to their you know words unironically it is the thing about this you know when you create this is the kind of the fatal flaw like when you're trying to create a despicable character if you make him too real uh, of course, people are gonna are gonna uh, sympathize with that character, because you know mm-hmm. if, if you like you know uh, Rick is uh, he's in a world where he feels underappreciated because he's this uh, kind of super genius who can do all these sorts of things, and uh, here's uh, you know um, uh, Jerry telling him to uh, make the dog more intelligent, or uh, you know to uh, you know uh, make a robot that passes buzzer or something like that. Like you know some things that are like he believes that are far below his intellect. And so, uh, when you make a character like that, of course you're going to sympathize with them, because I'm sure there's people out there who they themselves feel like they're they're absolutely brilliant, but people don't recognize it. Right. And so, you know, when you make, when you, when you, the problem is that when you create, when you create a despicable character, if you give him sympathy, he doesn't become as despicable anymore. If anything, he becomes relatable. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, you got got to be, you know, careful with that. You have to be really careful. Yeah. If you're making a villain... Like uh, you know, if you if you if you're not going out intentionally to make a sympathetic villain, you know, if you're going out to um, you know make somebody who's um, you know you want them to you know to uh, feel you want to feel sorry for them, then you know don't put them in situations where you want to make them feel sorry for them. You know, it's it's pretty much common sense. So. Uh... 
Anyway, shall uh, let's move on to uh, other things. So here, here's this. Um, um, oh, I'm just trying to get there. So here's from E News. Um, so there's more news on Aladdin, the Disney remake, and this is uh, five ways Will Smith and Disney are trying to uh, are, are making Aladdin feel like a whole new world. So uh, a play, play on words there. So uh, shall we go all through five and uh, see what we think? Sure. Let's see okay. what we got. So uh, the first one is that Will Smith will be the genie. Well, we already know that. Well, we already knew that, yeah. But uh, I think there's a, I think there's a. This is the thing about like, but what type of Will Smith are we going to get in the genie? That's the thing. Are like we going to get sarcastic Will Smith or are we going to get serious Will Smith? Well, mind you, if he's serious Will Smith, yeah, that'll probably go down like a lead balloon. Pretty much like you know the the, the uh, I mean we don't, I mean with, with the direction that that Disney's been taking lately I wouldn't be surprised if they did that because you know we're gonna have Mulan with no music and we're gonna have um you know uh, what's it gonna be like you know they they've been remaking their Disney movies so much in which like they try to change things that didn't need to be changing I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they consider that at one point I don't know they they need to have, you know, they need Fresh Prince of Bel Air Will Smith. That's basically what they need for the genie. I think that's probably the... I, here's the thing. I probably even would have Will Smith as a genie. Like, he, he just feels a bit out of place for me for doing that. A little mm-hmm. bit. Like, he's... Like, the the genie, to me, is... Uh, I, mean, I think Robin Williams probably brought more... Yeah, you know, he brought comedic value. I think he also brought a bit of grace to the genie as well. Like, you know, when he was when he was hilarious, he could be hilarious. But when he's... Uh, you know, when you want him to be sympathetic with him, he could do that. And I know some people are going to be saying to him, Oh, oh well, what about the time when, uh, you know, his... Uh, in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, when Will Smith's dad... Uh, you know, walked out on him for another time, and uh, you know it was so real that uh, he actually cried on uh, on air and went off script. But uh, you know, in, in I don't know, like maybe he could if he pulls that off in uh, in Aladdin. But uh, I can't see many real life um, you know uh, experiences. I think Will Smith can take from me being locked in a lamp for ten thousand years. You know, I mean, yeah, he has played more serious roles in the past. Uh, if you recall from the movie, uh, I forgot what the movie was called, but you know the movie where he plays as a guy who was homeless, and you know he's walking around with his son Han- trying to. Oh lift yeah. Him, huh? It was it? No, it wasn't Hancock. Um... No, 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 no. That's that's not. No, not that's not Hancock. But uh, yeah, but it, there was a lot of uh, serious moments in that movie, and I, you know, I mean, if Will Smith can be dramatic, I can see that. And if he wants to be funny, I can see that. It's just a matter of the direction that they're that you know he's given. Mm-hmm. If it's a bad direction, he can be really bad. I think After Earth is a perfect example on that. Yeah, I just think uh, maybe he's, he's he, if anything, any Will Smith that we're going to see, he needs to be Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Will Smith. I know it's been years since he's been Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but he, he, I think that's the type of. Will Smith, we're going to need to see because we're going to need to see him, like, you know, like, um, I guess, kind of putting a, um, you know, when, when Aladdin like challenges him on, like, uh, oh, what would you, you remember that episode? You remember that time when, um, in in the original movie, when Aladdin asks, uh, what, you know, the genie what he would wish for, and, he, and the genie goes, oh, well, I've never been asked for that, and uh, well, you know, oh, well, I do have one thing, but uh, I, I could see Will Smith, you know, going that sympathetic route of like saying, oh, I really wish I was free, and like, you know, and like he he sounds really you know he, he tries to like you know he has, like, does that awkward smile of like mm-hmm. you know th- presenting the things are like uh, you know he goes through that awkward fa- phase of like switching between you know his ha- his happy goofy self to like you know a more sympathetic character if he could pull that off in the genie and he says well i really wish i had freedom and like because i've been locked in this lamp for ten thousand years and uh, had it, you know itty bitty living space like you know if, if he can make if will smith can make a sympathizer of that then my god he'll be probably be very he probably might be a very good genie 
You know, I could potentially be wrong. Like, you know, maybe I would be saying, oh, maybe I was wrong about Will Smith about being the genie. Maybe he actually can pull this off. So, but, you know, time will tell, I guess, uh, when this gets released. Anyway, um, number two is a multi-dimensional Jasmine. So, uh, Power Rangers astronaut uh, Naomi Scott will be bringing uh, Princess Jasmine to life despite some initial backlash over the casting of a non-Arab actress. Uh, Scott is British and of Indian descent. And uh, as... Uh, and as uh, the star described in her version of the character in the November, 27, November 2017 interview with the Hollywood Reporter, she admitted in tw- that 2018 Jasmine has a lot, so, has a whole lot more a- uh, agency. Um, she said, and I quote, I love what Disney's doing at the moment with their princesses, uh, going from animation to live action and making those animated characters uh, real hu- human beings, uh, she told the publication. For being a female character is also about being a real person. And guess what? She uh, she can be strong and have fun and also get, get it wrong and be emotional uh, and be emotional. Um, she's a multidimensional woman, and she doesn't have her to be the be one thing. So in the movie, you're going to see uh, her in a in much in a, such a roller coaster as opposed to the one being uh, to fall in love and get married. Well, that'll all depend when they finally get to the cutting room and seeing which uh, parts of Jasmine are going to stay in the movie and which parts are going to be left out. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, because uh, I mean, we don't know how long this movie's going to last. So, no, I, uh, I, I take it it's probably going to be like an hour and forty. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the, I thought the uh, I thought the Jasmine we got in the in the original Aladdin was somewhat multidimensional. I mean, she was like you know she wasn't just some uh, you know uh, um, you know loved up loved in interest. You know she was uh, you know she, she she was smart and she knew what was going on. Like uh, you know like you remember when they did the whole New World uh, the, you know um, musical thing, and then after that this year she. Uh, you know, puts in the ploy of like saying to Aladdin, oh, "I wish Abu, you know, Abu was here," and then mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously, you know, Aladdin blows his cover again you know, because she was clever enough to kind of like show it all out. So uh, that's true. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, you know, it, it's basically Disney trying to say, "Oh, you know, um, the way that we've written our characters back then are not going to appeal to the audience of now, so we're going to make it completely different." I mean, they've done that for Cinderella, they've done that for Belle, so I'm I'm not surprised that they're doing it for Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Number three, uh, new characters. Uh, Jasmine's newfound agency uh, won't be without won't be the only difference to a storyline. Uh, she's also gaining a hand handmaiden that's uh, name. Handmaiden named uh, Dalaria, uh, Dahlia, uh, yeah, Dahlia, yeah, Dahlia, who will be played by Saturday Night Live uh, vet, uh, veteran uh, Nazim Pedrad. The section adds uh, some much-needed girl power to the story, which was originally sorely lacking in it. And also mentioned uh, giving the princess uh, someone to talk to, uh, who isn't her pet, her, her pet tiger. Um, didn't that make? Jasmine somewhat more sympathetic the fact that uh, she was kind of like locked up in the uh, in the palace and uh, you know was waiting basically for a suitor kind of kind of turn up you know to have some kind of company and the only company she basically had was this was this pet tiger yeah to protect her. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah I mean she was practically alone I mean it was just her father and the tiger and that was pretty much it oh, have you ever seen college humor when they said uh, when they did that uh, piece of uh, if Disney princesses had moms <laughs> and uh, like one of them was like uh, Princess Jasmine's mom, you know, obviously the uh, the wife of the Sultan, and she was like, she's like saying, "Oh, come on, let her, let Jasmine run outside the palace." Like he gave her a giant pet tiger. Why can't the hell she can't go outside the palace? Like, uh, is that Jafar again? Been uh, been in your head? He's hypnotizing you. I swear, you need to get rid of him. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, 
That, that was good to watch. But, you know, it's like, you know, if, yeah, I would actually say, like, if you're going to give her uh, someone to kind of, like, interact with, like, uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I prefer Jasmine kind of, like, um, you know, wanting to crave, you know, the the attention of somebody. And obviously when, uh, you know, Aladdin turns up, you know, obviously her, her, uh, her, well, your whole view kind of changes in that regard. So if she has an evolution to her character, I think, you know, giving her someone already to kind of like, uh, you know, kind of console her, uh, be kind of confident in. I don't know. That kind of takes away some of her. Uh, I don't know. It kind of takes away some of that character. I think in regards to kind of, you know, evolving her from where she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well, we'll definitely have to see how it ex- how it's executed. Yeah. Okay. Number four. Oh, news- um- Oh, there, there's one more character. Um, oh, what's that? Sorry, what's let's the other see. Character? We have uh, let's see. We have uh, Billy Magnusum's Prince Anders. Um, the princess will have another suitor vying for her attention. Uh, didn't we already get that in the first movie? In which we there was a uh, did, but he was only given like probably like 15 seconds of screen time. Pretty much, yeah. Which, it, which which was all you needed because it just shows you that Princess Jasmine was very picky about. You know that she's not going to accept any man into her life just because he's a prince. Yeah, I tell you what, actually, I would say one thing. I think that would give Aladdin a bit more depth if, like the uh, like the suitor. You remember the suitor in the original movie? Like, imagine if it was um, somewhat, you know, a joint concoction between him and Jafar to get Prince Ali, you know, get Aladdin out of the picture. You know, like, hmm. uh, if, and uh, then uh, after that, you know, Javar betrays him and then obviously kills him. And then obviously he becomes, you know, the powerful, you know, sorcerer, you know, and uh, things like that. So, uh, like, uh, when, they, when they get the lamp and everything like that. So, you know, uh, imagine if he uses the, uh, I mean, I think the, you know, the suitor will probably have a, have, a, have a role to play, I think, in the in the new version of Aladdin. Because he could end up just being a tool of... Uh, of uh, of Jafar, and uh, then end up, uh, you know, once he's done with uh, the suitor, he can just kill him off. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, once he's got the lamp and everything, so, and uh, then, uh, you know, then there's that. Mind you, it kind of makes you wonder where Iago's going to fit in all of this. And, yes, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, there's going to be, like, too many people against Aladdin. Well, it depends how much, how long the running time's going to be. Like, you know, as long as you have a good running time, then, you know, you, you can fit as many characters in as you want. Sure. So. Number four, new songs. Uh, you can't get to the Academy Award for best original song if you don't have a new some new material, and we don't. And we know Disney wants uh, an Oscar, so they tapped up two of the hottest screenwriters songwriters on time, La La Land and the Great Showman, comprising uh, Ben uh, Pazak and Justin Paul, to collaborate with the animated uh, feature Oscar-winning composer Alan Me- uh, Menken. So yeah, they're, they're making a massive go, I think, to get a gold statue. I think, uh, you know, if you're uh, bringing in these people. Mind you, like, uh, I mean, you know, when they did The Lion King, like, uh, I mean, they brought in Elton John and Tim Rice, and uh, they were kind of like, uh, kind of oddballs, I guess you could say at the time, you know, for bringing it in for, uh, you know, a movie. And I think they won an Academy Award, I think, didn't they? For, uh, I think so. King? Yeah, they did. I think so, so. Uh, I think, yeah, in me, like, I'm not too sure if, uh, I mean, I, I understand there is a, a method in the madness of tried and tested, but then uh, isn't there kind of like you want there to be some kind of uniqueness in uh, in in your um, in your movie? So, I don't know, wouldn't have like bringing in some, like, I don't know, maybe some Arabic uh, music producers? Like uh, to, uh, to to come in and make the music and uh, write the oh, songs. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, like uh, I, I don't know, that would have been that would have been unheard of. I think at the time, you know, I, I, if someone wants to prove me wrong, like I, I I don't know, like who who wrote the music for the Mummy 
Like, uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I, I have to look that up. Yeah, like uh, you know, but bring in somebody who's like really out of the box and like really creative. Like, I'm not talking about Yoko Ono. Like, oh my god, did you see that video of her with um, Yoko Ono with that saxophone player? Like, uh, no, oh my god, I that, that, that was wretched to watch. Like, uh, like, uh, oh my goodness, like, you know, she's like does like all this out of the box like art and things like that. And, like, uh, here she is kind of, like, you know, you know, hooping and hollering, you know, while the saxophone player's uh, doing some all sorts of kind of crazy stuff. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, okay, okay. I got it. it, it um, the, the guy who did the music for The Mummy, uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith. And so, uh, I don't know, was he an unknown? I think that, that no, of that. I mean, no, he's done music for, um, you know, Air Force One, L.A. Confidential, oh, Mulan, okay. Poltergeist, Secret of Nim, oh, Gremlins. Right. So, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, like, uh, but, you know, I think uh, you want to bring something unique to the thing. I mean, if these guys are going to come in and say, oh, well, let's just do what we did before, and I'm sure it's going to work, like, I think we're going to get some pretty generic songs. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it would have been awesome if maybe, like, for um, the Jungle Book, we would have gotten Indian music, or Beauty and the Beast, we should have gotten, like, French music, and yeah. I, I, I get that, you know, with Aladdin, they're probably going to take some music from not only the movie, but maybe from the Broadway musical, and maybe some new songs as well, so... Yeah, I'm actually curious about how they're going to pull it off, okay. especially since from I, I know La La Land did win um, some Oscars, uh, but I don't think The Greatest Showman did. Yeah, it's like, come on, guys, it's- put us in this world. Like, you know, uh, I, I'm not too sure if uh, I'm not too sure if, if these guys can't do that, then they're in they're in trouble right off the bat. If they want to get they even want to get to like, you know, uh, best motion picture soundtrackers or, or whatever they want to uh, aim for. So, uh, yeah. And then mm-hmm. finally, number five, the unlikely director, which, uh, you know, again, I think it was probably needed more for the music more than the director, but here we go. When Guy Ritchie was announced for Disney's choice of director, it immediately took everyone for it simply took everyone a second for everyone to wrap their heads around the idea. After all, what would the guy who brought uh, hyper-masculine films like uh, Snatch, and the, uh, Snatch and the Sherlock Holmes franchise to life know about making a Disney musical? Well, he, uh, as he told Nerdist uh, quite a bit, uh, and I quote, I have five kids. I know more about uh, kids movies than I do about any other movies than and in turn I know more about Disney movies than any other uh, brand of mo- of movies uh, he told outlets in 20 told the outlets in 2017 so it is a, a wheelhouse in which I'm well familiar and uh, impressed with the quality of children's products especially uh, Richie's classic a kinetic uh, sense of action uh, brought since the desert oasis of Agrabah and a quality that uh, Disney was quite uh, keen on uh, Guy became interested in uh, doing a Disney movie, and uh, we talked about it a lot. Uh, when he so talks about Aladdin, he said, "My story stories are very, really about uh, street hustlers. Uh, what's uh, what I know about uh, how to, how to do." And Aladdin is a classic street hustler who who makes good. Uh, Guy's got his own v- version of the story in his life. So, and we wanted to honor and respect Disney uh, of all of it. So, um, yeah, basically, we're just gonna imagine that'd be kind of cool, really. Like, if he has done, like, you know, um, uh, movies where you know there's like street gangs and stuff like that, like, you know, Aladdin starts off as a street rat, so he's in that world already. So, if he can bring that part of it to life, that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like, uh, mind you, it's like it ends, it ends up, uh, if you end up starting on uh, Aladdin, it's like, you know, he ends up kind of being like Grand Theft Auto or something like that. It's like, you know, that's gonna be pretty hardcore. 
<laughs> yeah, and probably gets like a, a cart and, you know, rides a donkey around and maybe the guards can get their horses and then they'll be riding all over the streets of Agrabah and then Aladdin <laughs> would uh, crash the cart and maybe he'll have to do some acrobatics in the buildings, uh, like Assassin's Creed. And then it'll do the sequel and it's like, it's like the, ball- the Ballad of Gay Abu. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh my god! Congratulations, Aaron. You just went there. Yep, I did. So, uh, Aladdin's uh, Magic Carpet rides into theaters on May 24th, 2019. All right. So, So, yeah, yeah. we'll definitely have to wait and see how that's going to turn out. Okay, cool. Um, So, we've been covering Nickelodeon kart races, and, um, I mean, there was some glimmers of hope that this was going to be a good game, and uh, then we found out that it was being made by Game Mill Entertainment, which obviously gave us Big Rig Racers, one of probably the worst uh, racing games of all time. But, you know, that was years ago, and we were willing to give them a bit more of the benefit of the doubt, and so far on Metacritic, it's not worked out as well, I think, as people wanted to hope for, basically. So, I admit, this is the Nintendo Switch version. I think that's what we're looking at at the moment, but I think also it's the same for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Um, so, uh, summary, the slime-filled f- uh, slime uh, racetracks with the Nickelodeon Kart Racers are the race- selector racer from one of the favourite SpongeBob Nickelodeon series, including SpongeBob uh, SquarePants, uh, 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 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and also Hey Arnold as well, which uh, we all love. But, um, unfortunately, I think uh, the users right now, at least according to 18 people, is currently about 5.1 on, uh, you know, in their score. But Metacritic right now, according to four critics, is currently 45. So, now, I do admit, this is only four people. So, but, I don't know, some of the initial reviews usually give a telltale sign of where the direction kind of goes. So, uh, do you want to read some of these reviews and uh, see what we think? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Right, so, do you want to start off with the worst ones or the best ones? I mean... (laughs) I guess we'll start off with the best one to see what their thought of it was. Right, so uh, the ones who put in uh, quite a bit of a gloss on it, they say, Nickelodeon Car Races has no online function and is unlockable Grand Prix Cups are just different combinations of tracks from the base cups. There is a different, decent progression of car customization system here, but bland visuals and uninspired gameplay means you have to probably sit, sit this race out. So, wow. And that's the positive review. (laughs) That's the positive review, yeah. I mean, let's just go through that. The fact that it has no online function. Come on, guys. Did you know we're in 2018? Like, you know, you don't tell me he's like, oh, well, some functions, like, uh, you know, can't be programmed into the, uh, you know, I think, well, just, just leave them out then. Just have, like, the uh, the basic functions for online multiplayer. Like, you know, like, we live in a time when we have Call of Duty, Splatoon, heck, even uh, freaking, uh, I think Starlink, I think, which I recently bought uh, for, uh, has got some kind of online functionality to it as well. And, uh, you know, most of the games that I have have online functionality, including Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is basically the um, the game you should be competing with, you know, with, because, uh, you know, there's the thing, like, you've got this game, you've got, you're putting it in a, um, you've got this racing game, and you have these other unique characters, which everybody loves, and you have an opportunity to compete for that in that market, we get people away from Mario Kart Deluxe and say, oh, hey, here's a car game with Nickelodeon characters in it, it has its own unique functionalities with, you know, with the, with the slime engine, like, come on, guys. Like, you know, a little bit of imagination is not too hard to ask for here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, you had, like, you had this huge lineup of people uh, from all these shows, you know, characters, I meant. And you could have, like, really created, like, these unique stages and cars and power-ups that you could have 
definitely utilize in terms of them. I mean, how amazing would it have been if maybe, you know, you went over to the city of Hillwood and you were just driving around and you got to see like locations that we're familiar with, like Mr. Green's store, or maybe we could see Monkey Man running around or PS118. And maybe as power-ups, you get to use things like, you know, um, you know, maybe a football or, um, you know, maybe jolly ollie man's ice cream to like block the windows or something well, not, just, not just the functionality what what you know what if you had like remember diddy kong racing had like an adventure mode like yeah, imagine, yeah. imagine nickelodeon car racers have that like and i get there's loads of already nickelodeon adventure games already i know there's like uh you know like things like uh, you know the battle for bikini bottom and like uh, you know the one that against the the robots or something like that but uh, I mean, like uh, having having that taking the adventure and uh, putting it into a racing game, I think that would have been a pretty good concept. Mm-hmm. I think, and that, we wouldn't have seen that since Crash Team Racing or Diddy Kong Racing. You know, so yeah, it, so it's it, been a long time. It would have been original in this uh, in in this uh, in this generation at least. Anyway, so um, I think we covered the. Uh, I mean, there's also the decent progression and uh, and car customization system here, and so yeah, I guess that's pretty cool. In, in in that, but we're not. Here's the thing: we're not had a chance to play it ourselves, so we're only just reading the reviews. And so, uh, yeah, it's just it's. Uh, so we're only taking the, their word for that because we're not had a chance to kind of play it ourselves. You know, maybe if a let's play comes up, maybe we probably might play it at that point. But uh, until then, I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave it until because. Uh, uh, by the way, people are asking like, when's the next let's play gonna be coming up? Um, I'm still trying to figure out when I'm gonna have time to basically play it because I've got two um big games that people have been demanding from me. The first one being uh, they want me to the Hey Arnold fans all want me to play uh, um, Helga's Cheese Festival. You know the game that was made by Wolf Angel, and uh, then there's another that's a Hey Arnold game, and then there's another game. And everyone wants me to play Starlink as well uh, for you know obviously Nintendo Switch. But uh, I'll try and figure out if I get time to play them, and uh, you'll definitely see those videos come up if uh, I get the chance to do them. So there you go. But anyways, going back to this, so uh, there was, uh, I mean, uh, in regards to uh, the you know uh, the bland and uninspired gameplay, like uh, yeah, they should have really tightened that up a little bit. And also there was the uh, the fact that the the Grand Prix Cups are no different from uh, just basically different combinations of tracks like uh, i mean we kind of got that in the in, in super mario kart but that was like 1993 or something like that like you know this is 2018 like come on you know mm-hmm. so anyway Nintendo yeah, so, you, so, it, so basically uh it just squandered its potential which it's really sad because you know you have a whole slew of things you could have done but i guess they decided to just take the easy way out mm-hmm um, I don't know. There's probably no reason for kind of reasoning the other reviews. I think we kind of got granted on what you know the problems are with the game, and so uh, yeah. I mean, if, if we end up being confronted with this game, I think uh, yeah, I think I know what to kind of worry about now. So uh, yeah. So any of you guys who want to play a good racing game on the Switch, then play Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, moving on to other game news. Um, how to celebrate Halloween on your PC? This is a article from PC Gamer. So, um, shall we have a look at all the uh, games and uh, see how we should um, celebrate Halloween okay. in the PC world? I say uh, the first game is uh, Planet Coaster. Uh, this I have never heard of it. It's a scary entertainment with the eccentric parts of uh, roller coasting, and uh, so I guess it's kind of like a spooky version of uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon, I guess. Oh, cool! So, uh, um, so, so. Uh, um, yeah, so anyway, that, that's the basic setup of Halloween and Planet Coaster, Logical Bedfellows, and thus we are not able to f- time Free Pumpkin Fest, uh, but a ghost-infested w- uh, lodge of paid DLC, including a spooky uh, building set, uh, a fire-spinning haunted house uh, ride, and a motion platform rotating thing. 
looks to be anxious. At, well, I'd be anxious if they put uh, ghost costumes in uh, the teacups, uh, so don't ask me to investigate any further. So, Spooky Pack is eight uh, pounds, and if you fancy something a bit uh, smaller to uh, snatch a Halloween itch, I also I also spied a monsters construction kit for a couple of quid. According to this, so uh, uh, next one is World of Warcraft. I mean, of course. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think uh, Walker Walker kind of speaks for itself, and also you can get like the uh, the Halloween DLC, so you can basically just dress up your characters as like pirates and stuff. So, oh, okay, uh, that's cool. But yeah, I mean, World of Warcraft has its fair share of monsters and elves and other creatures, and you're in this magical world, so yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, next one is Minecraft. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see Minecraft too. You know, with the Enderman and going into the end, and yeah, I'm sure I could see that. Yeah. And uh, so you can catch a DLC themed pets and also request uh, from the Pumpkin King, uh, among the other uh, weird, wonderful, and appropriate spooky endeavors. Uh, this is uh, on kicked off a couple of weeks back, uh, but will run until October 31st. So uh, Minecraft's uh, spectacular things currently going on at the moment. Uh, next one is uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Huh. Uh, do they have zombie mode? Yes. So um, that's basically what it is it's zombie mode. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Which I think, you know, well, yeah, I don't know, like, zombie mode just kind of, like, uh, seems to be, you know, a thing now, so, like, I don't know, I find more Gears of War 3's um, horde modes more, kind of more engaging than zombie mode, really, but that's just me. That's uh, fair enough. Next game is World of Tanks. So Never uh, heard of it. Yeah, so, oh, it's a free game you can get on the Android uh, devices, and I think, you can, can you get it on iOS? I don't know if you can or not, but uh, uh, I think it's the best to post to blurb this event directly because it only uh, gets distracted by sheer number of questions it raises with the concept of tanks and the nature of their existence. So there's a popular belief among tankers, uh, they th- they talk about a Leviathan, an evil lord of the underworld, the gloomy autumn nights, the hunts for the souls of fallen tanks, to imprison them in a kingdom of eternal darkness and appease its never-ending hunger. Uh, no one knows if it's uh, true, but they say that in midnight its sinister deep growl uh, resounds over the battlefield and its uh, glows of this scorching belly glimmer uh, in, a, in the distance. So, I mean, in World of Tanks, it is accepted that uh, the tanks are actual creatures of, like, iron ducklings wandering about, uh, wandering about with agency. Uh, are they capable of uh, redemption or dam- damnation? And who are they, and who are you think so, and who are you in this fiction? Is it a tank-themed version of Inner Space? Uh, so many questions. I think uh, it sounds like uh, like a horde mode. Don't know. So, uh, probably that's one of the games. Uh, next game is Phantom Halls. Uh, never heard of it. In the uh, papercraft horror shooter, uh, Phantom Halls isn't hosting a Halloween event uh, per se, uh, but it does have a Halloween update. So it comes with a themed enemy traps environments, as well as the prototypes of the game's uh, planned uh, multiplayer com- and unplanned multiplayer components. Uh, except uh, scarecrows, vampires, pumpkin traps, and p- the pumpkin king. So uh, says the developer Incendium. So uh, that's certainly going on over there at uh, Phantom Halls. Uh, next game is Warframe. I think I have heard of that, yeah. yeah. Skin bundles, uh, landing craft skins, armor, uh, sand- sanderas, and glyph features in Warframe's Halloween bag of goodies, uh, echoing the Mexican holiday of the, te- of the same name. Uh, the fir- third person stu- online shooter, Day of the Dead, uh, event returns, and uh, bring it all with your orange tinged tats, uh, including a f- uh, previous uh, annual DOTD uh, installments. So. Uh, uh, next one is Black Desert Online. Never heard of it. Uh, goes on all oh, oh, Halloween. A deluge of frightful costumes, uh, at least uh, the obsession of sexy outfits. Uh, 
themed events and player awards. So, yeah, that's... Uh, also, this year, a, blo a blood-red moon hangs uh, from the sky from this, according with pumpkin lines on the streets, and also, like a Wizard of Oz quest, seeing players uh, offering a black witch uh, the behest of uh, her white counterpart. So, kind of, like, uh, kind of like a whole Wizard of Oz kind of thing going as well. So, okay. Yeah, would you consider Wizard of Oz a Halloween film? I mean, it could be pretty scary. Have you seen Return to Oz? I with the would... wheelers and the, yeah. the, the evil witch with the, you know, not the witch, the, the evil queen that like pulls out her head and has multiple heads line up. It, it's it can be it can be scary. That, 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 yeah, that, Return to Oz, I think definitely would say it would be a very creepy film. I think. If yeah, Halloween. and if you read the original Wizard of Oz book and not you know not not the movie but the book, it's pretty gruesome. Yeah, I would admit that as well. Um, next game is Fortnite. Hey, you know. <laughs> of course. Well, of course, Fortnite was going to have a you know Halloween DLC. So Fortnite Mares, uh, the game is in a shoe. Yeah, uh, it marks uh, Fortnite's Halloween first Halloween themed event and adds a new tongue twisting Helixvania uh, zone. Uh, costumes come out by the way of cats, mummies, skeletons, and uh, while gathering a thousand tickets, also promises something special as well. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure many people are here playing Fortnite, so uh, there we go. Mm -hmm. um, next one is Rocket League. How? Uh, it's just a game where you have a bunch of cars and they're playing football. Right, so candy corn becomes a currency in a limited time in the world of car, of car sports. You can earn that by playing online matches and trading it for cosmetics. Uh, perhaps uh, the comments and general consensus uh, regarding low in how enjoyable candy corn is uh, foodstuff and how it can perhaps be uh, survive the automated uprising uh, to become pocket <laughs> money. Uh, actual metal money is considered uh, as uh, fresh by metal beings. Uh, perhaps uh, not as though as there are Halloween crates you can buy with real cash. So, well, yeah, candy corn. Apparently. So, uh, that's what's going over there. And uh, the last one is heat signature. And uh, due to si science, so you cannot uh, die during space Halloween. Bleeding out, suffocating, or incinerating in exploding pods, or permanently turn on you for a living skeleton. And uh, there are also uh, upsides to that meatless operation of death and uh, of course um, yeah just basically natters on about um, you know one of the Steam games heat signature so yeah that's also got Halloween stuff in it as well so happy Halloween everybody <laughs> so. Patricia are you still there? I think we just lost Patricia so uh, anyway well uh, while she's going away uh, to uh, try and well, try and get us back online um, there's someone in uh, Resident Evil 4 uh, for the Nintendo Switch. So, um, Resident Evil 4 is uh, going to be coming up on Nintendo Switch. And uh, for me, like, I originally played the game on uh, Nintendo GameCube, and then eventually I played it on uh, Wii as well. And hey, maybe it might even be an opportunity for another Let's Play. So, uh, Resident Evil 4, one of the greatest games of, uh, of all time, is heading to Nintendo Switch next year. Uh, Resident Evil and Resident Evil Zero are also on the way, according to Capcom, uh, confirmed for this uh, afternoon. Uh, presumably, this means that the GameCube remake uh, version of the original uh, Resident Evil, which also gained uh, launches on PlayStation 4, Xbox One back in 2015. So uh, there are also uh, uh, little else to confirm at this point, but uh, seeing as how it's great to see Resi 4 back on Nintendo console, I own, and uh, he basically says he owns the game. Uh, Capcom, if you're listening, it would be great to if you added uh, those back on, back into for the Joy-Cons. So yeah, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 0, and per, you know, there's rumours currently going on that the original Resident Evil might also appear on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so... Uh, 
Oh, I mean, they should also have Resident Evil 2 because, you know, that the remake's going to be coming out pretty soon. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Well, yeah, I think um, if they're racing Resident Evil 2, I think for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, I can't see why it can't be on Nintendo Switch. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, that we'll see that somewhere down, down the line. Okay, so I think that's um, some fun news over there. And so, uh, okay, so Super Mario, uh, Super Nintendo, is going to be constructing a theme park, according to uh, Unilad. Uh, a bunch of Nintendo franchises are officially made, coming over to Super Nintendo World's uh, theme park attraction uh, near you, and it's enough to make uh, Mario himself jump for joy. Uh, the collaboration between Nintendo and Universal Box and Resort has been in the pipeline for a few years now, but COVID pictures have been taken of Hollywood, California, show the construction and thus the uh, journey of how the real-life Rainbow Road uh, has begun. To not enough to enough Kirby can hold its breath in anticipation. So, basically, it's um, it's basically just a. Uh, a construction layout, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> at the moment. So yeah, not really. Uh, so it is going into construction at the minute, and so um, apparently uh, this is in, in Nintendo Land, and this is basically what it what it's going to look like. So uh, yeah, I, I've been hearing this for a very long time that uh, Nintendo was going to be doing a, you know, Nintendo theme park around Universal Studios Japan. So. Uh, I'm glad that they were able to finally get some more news about it because I'm I'm if I ever do get a chance I would love to go there. Yeah, well this is going to be in Orlando. So uh this is this is showing the uh, construction going going over there at the minute. So uh the real resemblance uh, is that uh, Warner Brothers made uh, suit racing uh, wizarding world of uh, Harry Potter theme parks bases uh, which are currently located on Universal Orlando as well. Uh, Japan and Hollywood Nintendo are set to have their own uh, uh entire area entire area of theme parks. Uh, at uh, various universal sites, so um, yeah, which I'm I'm really excited now. Yeah, That's, this is going to be amazing. Looking at the map, I mean, like, uh, I mean, what's uh, what sites probably might for Hyrule definitely interests me. Mario Speedway definitely does. <laughs> McLeod's definitely does, and uh, Metroid definitely does. Smash Brothers Coliseum, oh yeah, definitely, and uh, yeah, Super Mario Galaxy apparently will be getting its own thing, which uh, is uh, interesting. What if they be? I was wondering if there's going to be like interchangeable ones. So like, I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I mean, you know, they always change their attractions every few years or so. Yeah. I don't know, do we really need a Luigi, Luigi's Mansion? I mean, you know, Disney has the Haunted Mansion, so maybe this is their equivalent. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they also got uh, Animal Crossing, uh, Wario's Goldmine, and uh, Donkey Kong Country, and also they got the Mushroom Kingdom as well in the middle of it all. So, uh, mind you, uh, uh, sh- uh, I, know, I don't know what's going to come in. This is like all the Wild Luigi fans are going to be saying, Oh, Wild Luigi shafted again. What a surprise. Like, you know, it's like. What, what would he get? Yeah, well, what the hell would he get? Like, you know, unless it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, unless Wild Luigi's diarrhea treatment plan. Like, you know, I don't think uh, he's really going to get anything, is he? So, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can just uh, I can see that see those complaints coming in. So, uh yeah, but, yeah, anyway. but uh, let's see what else they got. They have uh, Kirby's Dreamland. Uh, let's see, they have for Captain Toad, huh? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the Pokemon Kanto as well. Uh, the very north. Oh, Kanto! Oh, yeah, of course, it's going to be Kanto. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not surprised at this point because a lot of people have fond memories of can- the Kanto region. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was in the first generation. Well, Yoshi's even getting an island. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, Yoshi's Island, you know, the Super Nintendo game. Yoshi! <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that. So, uh, Anyway, moving on to stupid news. Uh, oh, yay! Yeah. Uh, conservatives are whining because no one wants to date them. Like, 
Yeah, so uh, it must be tough being a Republican when your party's uh, president is like, uh, say, calling African-Americans shithole countries, African nations, sorry, shithole countries, making bizarre phone calls to school shooting survivors, uh, backing up uh, domestic abusers and uh, alleged child molesters. Aside from whatever moral country uh, Trump is putting in conservatives in, he apparently is responsible for screwing up a lot of uh, love lives, according to Washington reports. And to be honest with you, I think I've been hearing about this. Uh, you know, apparently in Washington, apparently a lot of conservatives who are working there, apparently uh, just uh, not managing to get dates and everything. Mind you, there's probably you know probably worse stuff going on there right now. It's like uh, you know there's uh, politicians that are getting harassed out of restaurants and stuff. So it's like you know I mean, it wouldn't surprise me too much if you know conservatives right now can't get dates in uh, the state capital. Sorry, in the mm. country's capital as well. So uh, a lot of times you'll connect with someone on an app and they'll Google you and find out that you'll work on Trump's campaign and it's pretty much all downhill from there. An official said. So, uh, gooding stuff, even when you're associated with the current administration or the MAGA hat-wearing Trump supporter, it's apparently very hard to uh, lock down her dates if you lean right. Uh, a reporter for the right-wing media outlet told the uh, Washington Washingtonian recently that uh, went out on a day that crashed and burned once uh, the woman noticed that some conservative books on, on his shelf. Even though the guy told her he didn't vote for Trump, he told he didn't vote for Trump and considered himself a moderate conservative, she ended things right there. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, the thing is that, um, you know, you can say that, oh, you know, she didn't date me because I was conservative. Likelihood is you probably put in some, I, I don't know, like, I, I, I kind of find that hard to accept because I know some guys who are on the right wing who, uh, you know, obviously either settled down, married or had kids or things like that. So, like, I don't buy, I don't buy this idea that just because you're conservative doesn't mean you can't get a date. Mm. Like, I, I don't know, I just think it's... Uh, I don't think he's grasping at straws a little bit here, I think. I think it's more the fact that you probably, you know, work a really boring job. You're probably not that interesting to begin with. And, uh, you know, I think they're probably just looking for a way to get out and like, oh, see, uh, like, you know, you got the out of the deal on your shelf. Nope, that's going to be a deal breaker for me. So, or maybe they're just being really abusive and, you know, they're just kind of blindsided to what's going on. Yeah. Did you hear about Richard Spencer? Is Apparently he's, uh, his wife is now divorcing him and apparently she's citing uh, domestic abuse as the reason. Yeah. No surprise there, I don't think. And uh, but uh, you know, like uh, so, um, I don't know. Like uh, I kind of see guys on the left also kind of guess you know struggling to uh, you know get you know women as well. Like I don't know, man. Is there a part of me that believes that you know just women are just you know maybe women in general are just sick of politics? You know, like uh, everything is political now, and like mm-hmm. uh, maybe they just maybe they're just looking for someone different. Maybe they're looking for somebody maybe. who's like, you know, is not, uh, you know, some... I don't know, in Washington, D.C., that's probably kind of difficult because uh, a lot of the businesses around there are probably around uh, lobbying and uh, through, uh, like around government, you know, related stuff. Unless you're Wayne Rooney working for D.C. United, like, uh, or, you know, you're working for some other kind of obscure business in Washington, D.C., like, uh, I, mean, like uh, I think they're probably the girl out there is like saying, oh, you you know, oh, you work on the Trump campaign? Nah, I don't think so. It's like, but then she'll probably turn around to another guy and say, oh, you work at Subway? Oh, hey, let's talk about that, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it just goes to show how, you know, unpopular politics is becoming at the minute. So, uh, mm. yeah. For bad re you know, for not very good reason, really, because, you know, you know, with the midterms coming up right now, you know, politics can't be any more important than ever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in regards to like, you know, I don't really want to blame, you know, um, Trump himself for like for, for like this uh, in particular. But mind you, it's like all the stuff that he's doing. Like, you can't blame people for being turned off. 
uh, at this point. And uh, I think it's more to do with the fact that um, you know the the Republican base itself has uh, you know put its uh, has done such a a job of putting its eggs in one basket. You know by backing Trump no matter what. Basically, becoming the party of Trump—that's um, you know—that—that's—that's that's a problem in itself as well. And I imagine it's not just dates that they're drawing together. I think it's probably just friends as well. I probably imagine. So. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's that's that, I guess. And uh, thanks for uh, was it? I think it was you that sent it, sent me that thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. did send it to you. Yeah, cool. Right. Um, do you want? We got some news about David Schwimmer out of all people. Like you know, imagine uh, talk about a blast from the well, past. When was here. the last time he became relevant, other than Friends and Madagascar? Wasn't he also in that biopic of uh, O.J. Simpson? Um, I have never seen it, so I, I don't know. I think he was. Yeah, the People versus O.J. Simpson. I think he was in that. So mm. yeah. And uh, well, mind you, this is this is hilarious. So, uh, Blackpool police have identified the guy who looks like, has who's a lookalike of David Schwimmer. Um, police searching for Ross Geller uh, lookalike uh, believe that they have identified the man who is uh, being inundated uh, after being inundated with responses. Uh, social media images of the man clutching a crate of beer. So, by the way, he's the uh, David Schwimmer is the guy on the right, not the guy on the left. By the way, the guy on the left, the guy who's the criminal, who they look, who the police are looking for, and uh, Travis, that's <laughs> the guy on the right. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he, he, if you look a little bit towards the side, he almost uh, uh, kind of looks like Ben Diskin. Yeah, he does. And, uh, you know, like, um, so, uh, apparently, the Lancashire Police uh, spokeswoman said, uh, we think we know who he is, but uh, we need to trace him. The man is wanted in the theft of a jacket, a mobile phone, and a wallet. So, uh, mind you, like, uh, you, you know, I don't want to, like, you know, obviously what he's done is, is uh, any crime he does horrendous, he deserves to be arrested and punished for it, but, uh, you know, looking at that image of him grasping on that crate of beer, you can kind of see why he did it. Like, you know, like, I, I don't want, I mean, I, I, like, I'm just, uh, this is just my opinion on this, but, uh, you know, this guy, looking at that huge amount of beer that he's clasping onto, like, if something tells me that, he pro- he's probably just a guy with an alcohol problem and he's stealing stuff to basically just fuel his addiction. So, like, you know, yeah. Either that, or maybe he, he was too cheap to buy beer for the party, so he decided to just take it and say that he got it for himself. Yeah, but, you know, if, if that's true, he needs help. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, he, you know, like if, he, if he's stealing stuff to get beer, like, you know, that, that's, a, that, that's, that, that's serious, man. Like, you know, you, you have a problem. But, uh... Um, so um, the, tw- the force tweeted, uh, "Could we could we be any more overwhelmed with the response uh, of our CCTV feel about the uh, theft of a restaurant in Blackpool? Uh, most importantly, now we're satisfied that the man in the in the still and our inquiries are still much continuing. Thank you for sharing it with your friends." <laughs> okay, uh, and uh, Schwimmer responded to the joke on Blackpool's uh, f- Facebook post on, with a video on Wednesday where he posted himself with a clip of him also taking beer as well, dressed in the same jacket. So, uh, yeah, he made a bit of a joke of it as well. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, let's, uh, I mean, let's hope they find him so he doesn't start, you know, he, so he stops stealing stuff, you know, uh, and uh, for whatever reason he's doing it. So, mm-hmm. cool. Um, we've got, I'll tell you what, this is our video, our only video of the, uh, of the, of the show. So uh, shall we play it and see what we think? Yeah, let's see what it is. Happy birthday to... Okay, so just uh, just to start off with, I should describe this to everybody. So, uh, a man entered a classroom, and uh, he's actually the... I think he's actually the caretaker of the school, and apparently he's uh, he's he's deaf. So, uh, he only communicates by sign language. 
uh, to uh, to people in the school. And so uh, they got the kids to basically do this. And so uh, you know, I'll play this at the beginning. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear James. Happy birthday to you. So happy birthday to him. <laughs> oh, and not only that, but they're doing it in sign language. Yeah, that's the thing. So he's really touched by that. So, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like, uh, here's the thing about this. I sometimes feel, I feel really bad sometimes because I feel like I should learn sign language. Like, I, I don't know much sign language at all. Like, uh, but uh, if any, in that fact. And, uh, you know, I think that should be, I mean, that should be on the school curriculum, at least, you know, that's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a little language. bit of sign language because uh, I used to be a camp counselor for mentally or physically disabled children. And one of the children that we had was deaf. So I learned like the alphabet and a few numbers, but and, and maybe like a few words, but I don't know how to do it fluently. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's uh, so. I thought that'd be whoever sent this out. That's a sweet little video. So, yeah, thank you for that. So, uh, and uh yeah, I hope he has a really good birthday. Things tells me he has one. So, cool. Yeah, yeah. Right, so that's been the Aaron Meta Show. So if you want to send us some more stuff, uh, do, please do so. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. Uh, Twitter is at Aaron Meta Show. Uh, Tumblr is aaronmeta.tumblr.com. And also youtube.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. Listen to us on the podcast feed. It's iTunes, Player FM, Stitcher, uh, CastBox. Uh, iHeartRadio, and uh, we're going to see if we can try and get into other places as well. TuneIn is also another place that you can listen to us. And if you actually tell you what, if there's any other podcast places that you can uh, find the Aaron Message Show, please tell me about them because uh, basically um, the podcast feed basically goes everywhere and other uh, podcast feeds, so just pick them up. So uh, if you can, uh, if someone picks us up and uh, that you listen to them on there and uh, you think other people should listen to us on there as well, then definitely let us know. So, um, yeah. So from me, Aaron... And Patricia. Take care, and bye for now. See you later.